for that song. I appreciate that. They appreciate Johnny and Amy. Their, uh, their church down in Raymond, Illinois, they have a men's advance every year that I'm hoping to take some guys to that in, in August. It's always a good time. And they always have great video skits there that are just top notch. And uh, But that's all I'll say about that. And uh, you, want, you want to see those. But, um, and the preaching is always great there too. They have a lot, a lot of good speakers come in. And then they have a ladies' retreat too. There's a, a flyer for it on the bulletin board in the back, and we're hoping to maybe take some ladies down there. But um, unfortunately, now they're even farther away than they were before since we've moved here. It's, it's a little bit of a hike down there, but um, uh, they do. They have a good church there, and hoping to get Johnny to come one of these days. When we're having our uh, monthly potluck and guest speaker and have him preach. But I'm glad they were able to be here tonight. And saying, and I am, I am excited about having my grandparents here. I tell you, they, uh, I really appreciate them. They, uh, they have always, kind of what they've been known for is just having a very good testimony. Uh, they're very, they're good Christians, very consistent, very faithful people. And, um, and uh, they, they've got, they had two daughters, and both of them are married to pastors. And then I'm the only grandson that's a pastor right now. But uh, they've got others that are assistant pastors, and one is probably going to be a pastor here pretty soon. And uh, they've got they've got uh, they've got good grandkids with me being their favorite, correct? No, I'm just, <laughs> but uh, that's okay. I won't tell any of the other ones if you say that. I guess Amy's here; she might. But uh, <laughs> but I appreciate them coming here tonight. We're going to be preaching um, our last message tonight on our House of the Rock series that we've been doing. And so, if you want to take your Bibles, go to the book of. Matthew chapter 7. And it's good to have some guests just walk in. What's your name? Merlin. Merlin, okay, you're the one I talked to on the phone. Yeah. It's a little confusing getting here, isn't it? It's uh, a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> but yeah, I appreciate you coming. And what's your name? Kyle. Kyle, we appreciate you all coming here tonight. I appreciate you coming and visiting with us. So Matthew chapter 7. Um, what we've been doing now for the last several weeks is we have uh, we've been going through Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Jesus in Matthew five, six, and seven. Jesus is preaching a message, and as when he gets to the end of his message in verse twenty-four, he says, "Whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them 
will be likened unto a wise man that built his house on a rock. And you know, we hear people talk about building their life on Christ and building their life on that, or building their house on that rock. But many people don't know exactly what that means. If they say, uh, my life is built on Jesus Christ, or I've got that, my house is built on a rock spiritually, um, they don't know what it is. And Jesus said, the way you do that is to not just hear these sayings, but to do them. And those sayings are found throughout Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And we've been going through those kind of one by one and looking at those things because if you put those things in your life, if you make them a part of your life, it says, when the storm, Bible says that on the rich man, or not the rich man, the wise man and the foolish man, the same storm came, the same winds blew and beat on that house, the same thing happened to both houses, but one stood and one fell. And that one that stood, it was because it was founded on a rock. And in this world we live in today, saved people are going to have circumstances that are going to hit them. Lost people are going to have circumstances that hit them. Things are going to come. And what determines whether or not you stand through those things is whether or not you have built your life or your house on that rock. And so, uh, tonight we're going to be talking about the, we're going to go into the last part of this. We're going to start reading in verse 15. It says, Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. We'll stop reading there right now. But the first thing I want you to see, and on your papers there, if you're if you're filling these out, number one there is don't be fooled by the exterior. One thing that you're going to have to be careful. I I wish I could tell you that for the most part everybody's truthful and people are always going to treat you honest and tell you the right thing. But that's not the case. The Bible, Jesus said, beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing. They're dressing up. They they look the part. They don't they don't a wolf or they're not going to come looking like a wolf. If I wanted to destroy a church, I, I'm not going to come in there and tell everybody up front, say, hey listen, I'm here to destroy this church. I'm here to see it close up. If I'm going if I was going to do that, I'm going to come in and pretend to be one of them. I'm going to pretend to you know, uh, be a nice guy. I'm going to do all those things. I joked, I, I joked around a lot about it when we were in the process of getting ready to start this church. I asked the pastor, and I was real serious too, and uh, his reaction was kind of funny. Uh, but I was, I was being real serious with him. I said, you know, it's really hard starting a church. You know, you got to find that building, and there's a lot of expenses and things that go into it. And I said, what if? I went to a church that wasn't exactly preaching the gospel. Maybe they weren't everything they should be. And I just went in and I joined that church. And then I started the church split and took it over and became the pastor. And, and, was, and you know, he kind of laughed after he realized I was joking. But you know what? There's people that want to do that. They want, they want to destroy churches. They want to deceive people. And, the, and you know what? The truth is, you can find wolves, number two, in any religion. Any religion. Every religion's got them. 
They're there. I don't care what the name is. There's going to be wolves that are going to come along. There's going to be people that are going to come and try to lead lead people astray. They've always been around. They always will be around. And Jesus said to beware. He said be ready for them. They come to you in sheep's clothing. They look the part on the outside. They look nice. They look gentle. But let me tell you, there's something on the inside. They're ravening wolves. They want to destroy you. Number three, we see that they wear a disguise. They wear a disguise. They're going to come in trying to look the part. They're going to come in trying to deceive as many people as they can. Many times they might they'll dress they'll dress like preachers. The other day we were out knocking on doors. I was telling my grandparents about this, and I was with a friend of mine, and we were wearing shirts and ties and just telling people about the church and inviting them. And I remember we knocked on this door, and the guy kind of gave us a funny look, like. And then we said, hey, we're from Liberty Baptist Church. Just wanting to give an invitation to our church. And he's just like, oh, okay. He said, I, he's like, I thought you were Mormons. And, and I was like, no, we're not Mormons. We talked to them for a while. But when we went to leave, he said, he's like, let me give you some advice. When you go out visiting, lose the ties. You look like Mormons. And I told him, I said, let me tell you, we were dressing like this way before the Mormons did. <laughs> but, but the truth is, you know, these, some of these other groups, they're going to come along and they're going to, they're going to, they're going to try to look good. I mean, it would be really, you know, there's, I'm going to have a tough time deceiving or convincing people that I'm godly if I came in here and I'm all, you know, looking like one of these rock stars or something. I'm going to, I'm going to scare most people away. If I'm a wolf, I don't want to look like it. I'm going to try to look like one of the sheep. And we've got to make sure that, that we don't, that we're careful about that. They'll talk like preachers. I mean, boy, they've got all the terminology down. They know, they sound great. Have you ever heard somebody that whenever they're talking, you know they're wrong, but boy, it sure sounds right? Politicians are good at that. I mean, you'll hear one guy come and it's like you know what they're saying is not true, but it sounds so right. It sounds so good. I mean, I've heard preachers before that preach things that sound wonderful, but it's like, wait a minute. The Bible says something completely different. And the truth is, they're got, they're, they know how to talk to talk. Uh, they like, a number, like number five, they have the fancy titles. Like reverend, father, pastor. You know, they're not gonna be, they're not gonna, they're not gonna call themselves what they are. They're not gonna say, hey, I'm the false prophet so and so. Okay, they're not going to do that. Hey, I'm the liar so and so, or hey, I'm the I'm whatever. They're not going to do that. They're going to come up with titles that sound good that people can trust. And number six, they're usually very likable people. They are. They're usually uh, the the wolves that come along. They're usually very likable. They're the kind of people that people want to follow. You know, if I'm I'm trying to start a church here and I and I'm going to tell you that I'm not a wolf, but you're going to have to judge that from the Bible by the fruits and everything. But you know what? I mean, if I'm a wolf, I'm not going to come in here and every person that walks in these doors just treat them like garbage and you know be mean to them, try to destroy them. Try. To, I'm not going to do that on the outside. I'm going to try to. I'm going to try to be likable, and that's what they do. And the Bible says we've got to be. Careful. Say so. Well, then, how do we know which ones are okay 
and which ones aren't. How do we know? And we see here that Jesus said, by their fruits ye shall know them. So He said, number verse 20, by your fruits ye shall know them. I was talking to somebody one time that was involved in a false religion. And I'm and I told and, I, and we're discussing different things, and you know and then I'm, I'm trying to give all this Bible to convince him that what he's doing is wrong, and you know the Bible you know he didn't seem to really care about what the Bible had to say, and so I asked him I said well let's let's look at the fruit because the Bible says by your fruit you shall know them so look at what your religion is producing and what it's doing it's just it's terrible and he's like no you can't do that. It's like, no, we're not gonna we're not gonna discuss that. We're not gonna talk about fruits. So I was like, why not? The Bible says, by their fruits, ye shall know them. And you know what? Sometimes it takes a while to see the fruit. You're not just gonna automatically know it. You know, there's been people that I've when I first met them, I thought, uh, you know, I don't know, they're probably bad news. That was my first impression, but after I got to know them, I found out these are great people. And then there's been others that when I first met them, I thought they were great people, but after a while I found out they were as wicked as the devil. And the truth is, we're not always 100%. But, number seven, their fruit, or their works, their works reveal who they really are. We see that there in Matthew 7, 16. It says, a good tree, verse 18, cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. You can tell by the fruit. If we had an apple tree out here, and I know it's early on in the season, and right now, if, if we did have some different fruit trees out here, I'm not real knowledgeable when it comes to that kind of thing. If somebody told me that it was an apple tree or a pear tree, I would probably believe whatever they said. But you know what? Eventually, I will know for sure. Eventually, when that fruit starts to produce, there's some people that are experts, they can tell just by looking at it. There's some that might be able to tell when it starts budding. Me, I'm, when it comes to trees, I can't tell until I see the fruit. But you will eventually be able to tell. I know the difference between an apple and a pear. And if you try, to, if, I, if there's a pear tree and it starts producing pears, and you try to tell me it's an apple tree, say so sorry, you're wrong. I can see the fruit, and many times, uh, eventually, we will see the fruit that is produced by some of these folks. And you can't t- don't try to tell me that they're cheap, or don't try to tell me what they're doing is Christian. The fruit that it's producing is not the fruit of a Christian right there. Jesus is the one that said it. People will get very offended when you call them out on these things. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to talk about it. But you know what? That's just too bad. Jesus is the one that told us how to recognize Him. He's the one that told us how to watch for these things. So number eight, uh, we see that they, uh, they will bear, a, a, a Christian will bear good fruit. A Christian will bear good fruit. That's Bible says that. A corrupt tree cannot bring forth good fruit, nor can a, uh, a good tree bring forth evil fruit. It doesn't happen that way. And really, the truth is, a lot of times people get confused about what good fruit is. You know, think like a good crowd is not necessarily good fruit. Have you ever thought about that? A lot of times people will judge a church based on the size of the church. So listen, I'm not against big churches. I hope, uh, I'm hoping this church grows and I'd love to see that day come where we maybe got to get a bigger building. But let me tell you what determines whether a church is producing good fruit. It's not the crowds. 
if it was if it was all about the crowds, that then the best churches in the world would probably be some of the bars and things. They can get some big crowds there sometimes. They get people to faithfully attend and faithfully give their money like crazy to those places. But it's not about numbers. If it was about numbers, then uh, you know that determine whether or not the speaker had the spirit of God. Then politicians, some of the politicians would be the most spirit filled people in the world. They can get some big crowds. But that's not. It's not about the crowds. Some of these rock groups, they would be the one. We would be able to say that they're successful or that their fruit's good. No, it's not about the crowds. It's uh, it's not necessarily be about numbers, but it should be by what lines up with the scripture. Number nine. That is how we know good fruit from bad fruit. We look at what the Bible says. Listen, if if the Bible says that we're supposed to do things a certain way and somebody is not doing that but they're telling you that they are a man of God or that they are one of the sheep but they're doing something totally contrary listen don't listen we don't just go off what people tell us we go by what the bible says we judge things according to the word of God things need to line up with the bible and Unfortunately, today many people have just—they've thrown the word of God out. You know, more and more, I'll be having discussions with people, and we'll be talking about religious things, and they'll be telling me how all these things are okay. And I'm like, well, wait a minute, but the Bible says, and I'm constantly trying to tell them, well, the Bible says, and they're giving me just feelings or uh, or opinions, or they're they're giving me even just religious ideas, but they're not. I was like, well, wait, what about the Bible? And they don't care. And for years, that is what people went by. I mean, the Bible was what settled the arguments. But then, not real long ago, they started this thing of making all these new translations and new versions. And it started changing things. And it became, it all of a sudden, it got difficult to figure out, well, which one's the truth? Well, my Bible says this. But then somebody else was like, well, my Bible says this. And somebody else, well, my Bible says something completely different. And now we don't have a final authority anymore. And it's all about, it's all about opinions. And that, and I, and I tell you, that's dangerous. And that's why here at Liberty Baptist Church, we reject the other versions. That's why we use this King James 1611 Bible. It's the one that brought us out of the dark ages. And it's the one that I believe is, it's the preserved Word of God. And we're going to stick to it. Because, there's got to be a final authority. We've got to have something that where we can kind of measure things up against, and it's got to be the Word of God. It's got to be the Bible. That's how we can know whether what fruit is good and what fruit is not. But if a person who is who is saved, they will not bear corrupt fruit. They won't. They'll be steadfast, unmovable. Number eleven, First John chapter two. Verse 18, I want to read a verse of Scripture there. It says, Little children, in this last time as ye have heard, the Antichrist shall come. Even now are there many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. Now this isn't talking about the Antichrist here. This is talking about Antichrist. He says, even now, there's many. And look at what he says in verse 19. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that it might be made manifest that they were not all 
All of us. One of the things that you'll notice about a lot of people is they're all over the place. I mean, just jumping around all the time. I mean, they're they're a Christian one day and then they're a Muslim the next day and they're a Buddhist the day after that. And they're constantly just all over the place. And it's like, you know, what are you? What is it that you believe? And they and they don't know. And sometimes they'll come in to churches and they'll get involved and they'll uh, I mean really be into things and they seem like they've really got it, but then a little while later they're gone and you never see them again. Or sometimes uh, maybe they'll be there and they get involved in all kinds of wickedness. I mean, you hear about some very horrible things that are happening uh, with church members these days. I mean, I've heard stories, uh, horrible stories, about pastors. Pastors of good churches who did a good job and were good preachers and they get involved in all kinds of just wickedness. And you scratch your head and you wonder what's going on. And I, per- I believe I believe that they, they were false prophets. They were wolves in sheep's clothing. And I know that sounds terrible and I'm not trying to be the judge of everybody, but I'm talking about in your personal life. You've got to make sure in your family, in your house, you can't just go following anybody. You've got to make sure that you, that you don't follow anybody that's leading you away from the Word of God. This has got to be the final authority. And if you're seeing all kinds of garbage coming out of that person's life, if you're seeing evil fruit coming out of their life, don't worry about what they say. Just because they say that they're a man of God does not mean they are a man of God. Just because they say they're speaking the truth, it doesn't make it the truth. Number 12, we see that not everybody is what they claim to be. Not everybody is what they claim to be. People can say, people can say whatever they want, really. But it doesn't make it the truth. I said this this morning. If I say, if I, if I came in here and I was to tell you folks that I am the greatest basketball player in the world, I can tell you that all I want, but it doesn't make it true. It doesn't. It doesn't, it doesn't change reality. And if you all wanted to find out if that was the truth, all you'd have to do is watch me play basketball for two minutes. And you would know <laughs> real fast that I'm not telling the truth when it comes to that. And many people, they claim to be different things and just watch. You can tell by their fruit. And Jesus said to watch and, and to beware. So beware of the false prophets. And then let's go to verse in Matthew 7, verse 21. This verse here is really, I think it's a very scary, scary portion of Scripture right here. Matthew 7, 21 says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Also we see that not in number 13, not everybody who calls themselves Christians are saved. Notice these people, they're standing before Christ. Notice what they call Him. They call Him Lord. Say, Lord, did we not prophesy in Thy name? And in Thy name cast out devils, and in Thy name do many wonderful works. They had done great things. These guys talked the talk. They even were walking the walk. But you know what? They never 
truly received Christ as their Savior. They had never come to that place where they had repented of their sins and they relied fully on Jesus Christ for salvation. That never had happened. And these men, while they were Christians in the sense that they were, they looked like a Christian, they acted like a Christian, they did the works of the Christian, Jesus said to them, depart from Me, I never knew you. I never, I never knew you. And He said, depart from Me, ye that work iniquity. Even though what they were doing seemed good on the outside, these people weren't really Christians, or they weren't really saved, and they went to hell. Not everybody who is working for God is saved. Number 15. These people, in thy name, done many wonderful works. There are many people today that are doing great things in the name of Jesus Christ. They're doing great things in their churches and they're doing all these wonderful works. They're helping people. They're a blessing to people. But they've never truly been born again. And Jesus said, there's going to be many. That's scary. Many people who talk the talk. Many people who even walk the walk and they're not saved. These are, number 16, these are sincere people that we're talking about that believe they're saved. A lot of times people say, well, it's just enough if you're sincere. It doesn't really matter who you believe in. It doesn't really matter any of that as long as you're sincere. Well, these people sound pretty sincere to me. They sound... I mean, they're, they're doing some wonderful works. They're casting out devils. They're doing all these great things. That sounds pretty sincere if you ask me, but they've never, they've never truly been born again. And I don't know about you, but that verse scares me a little bit because the Bible says there's going to be many. There's going to be many in that day. And you know, for me, it's pretty easy. You know, it, it doesn't, I get, you know, it doesn't take a whole lot to please me, I guess, or impress me. I mean, you know, you show up to church regularly and you're just nice and not, you know, killing people and all those things, you know. Alright, yeah, Christian. You know, we're always quick to we want we want to make everybody a Christian uh real as fast as we can. We see that a lot if some famous person gets saved, uh, you know, some of these Christian groups will go and have them preach in the next week. And it these people usually end up getting burned out and everything, and some of them they're so far from being saved it's not even funny. They don't even Hardly know who Jesus is, but we're you know we're always anxious to get everybody saved. But the truth is, it doesn't matter if I think you're saved. What matters is, does Jesus think you're saved? Does He know you? Does He know who you are? Are you truly a Christian? And that verse he said, "Then while I profess to them, I never knew you. I never knew you." Jesus didn't know who they were. They weren't they weren't a part of His family. They weren't. Uh, they they weren't remembered. They weren't they weren't saved. And these people are going to show up there and find you know what I'm in the wrong place. They they didn't belong there. They weren't truly a part of that family. And I don't know about that, but that's scary. And Jesus kind of ends that ends this message before talking about the wise man with that. If you are going to build your house on a rock. 
If you're going to have the kind of house that's going to stand when the difficulties come, you've got to have Jesus Christ in your heart. You've got to have Him there. It's, it's not enough just to say that you're a Christian. It's not enough to just say, my life is built on Jesus Christ. You need to truly be born again. You need to truly, I mean, you need to be able to know for sure that you're saved. The Bible says that when we get saved, that the Holy Spirit, He dwells inside of us. The Bible says that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. We have the Holy Spirit dwelling in us and He's what gives us the strength to do things. The Apostle Paul said, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. It was Christ that gave him the ability to do those things. Paul went through some horrible storms. Not just spiritually, but even physically. He went through horrible things. And he stood through all of them because he had something inside of him that got him through it. And that was Jesus Christ. It was His Holy Spirit. And let me tell you, we live in a difficult world today where unfortunately, as the Word of God seems to be leaving our society more and more, I mean, they... They don't have the Bible in the public schools anymore. And even in churches today, many churches today, they don't, they, their Bibles that they have are so corrupted and they're so distorted that people have a hard time finding the truth. And you can even go into some churches today and you'll be lucky to hear the pastor read one verse of Scripture from the Bible. We live in a culture where people don't read the Bible on their own anymore and where they're not they're not putting into practice the things of God. And as we get more and more of these things out of our lives and out of our culture, it's destroying it. Our families are being are being destroyed today. We're seeing people that are going through things and they're it, it, defeating them and destroying them. And these things are going to come. There's always going to be storms. And Jesus knew that. And He cared about us. And He wanted to prepare us for them. And He preached that famous Sermon on the Mount. Because he that was the goal. He wanted to help his people. He wanted them to be able to stand when the difficulties come. And I'm I'm sad to tell you, but when I read the Bible, I see that in the last times that it's just supposed to get worse and worse. The storms are just going to get heavier. They're going to get harder, and they're going to hit everybody. I can't tell you that there's a way you can avoid all difficulties in your life. I I can't. I haven't found that. I haven't found that in the Bible yet. There's ways we can avoid a lot of them. But ultimately, we're going to face those things and Jesus told us how we can get through them. He told us what we needed to do. And tonight, one the thing that we looked at, and there's many, the main thing is you got to watch out for those false prophets. Watch out for those guys. Don't, don't ever judge a church. Listen, I, I, hope you all, I hope you all like me here. I hope you think I'm a nice person. I hope you like how I preach. I hope. But you know what? I hope that none of you come here just because of those things. I hope when you when you look for a church and when you're deciding on whether or not I'm going to keep coming here, I hope you're looking and say, you know what? Is what he teaching lining up with this Bible right here? Is it what? Because you know what? The day may come where I might go a little wacky. And start going the wrong direction. I might decide to start following some of the other crowds. I'm not planning on it. I don't want to. I hope God takes me out before that ever happens. But it could happen. Or I could, you know, I'm only 31, but I'm not guaranteed tomorrow. And then what's going to happen when the next guy comes along if he starts going the other way? I hope you. I hope you always 
Look at what the Bible says. But it's important that you don't just go by what I tell you the Bible says. That I hope you look yourself. And then when you hear these things preached, it's like, yeah, you know what? I've read that. I already knew that. And you know what? If you didn't know about know it yet, go ahead, go home, take your Bible, and look it up. Say, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna check out I'm gonna check that out for myself. There was a group called the Bereans in the Bible that did that, and God commended them for it. God was pleased by that. They heard the word and they received it gladly, but they went and they made sure that what they were teaching them was so. They went back and they checked the scriptures themselves. And let me tell you, here we'll help you. If you don't have a Bible, we'll we'll help you get one. We've got some here. We we want you to get in the Word of God because it is what's going to help you stand during the difficult times. We live we're living in difficult days, but there is a way to stand during those difficult times, and it's found in the Word of God. And so with that, so let's stand together tonight with our heads bowed and eyes closed.